It's time for Tuesday Terror, here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. I'm sent flying across the room, then come crashing down through a glass table. I try to catch my breath, but I'm flung into a stone wall. I've lost track how many days this has been going on. It could be months. I can't remember. You understand this, don't you, Byron? The pain, the pain that comes from existence, from living. I think... Floor and wall... Oh, part of it too. <laughs> more time passes. So much more time. Feels like months, years go by. My body is broken over and over again. Until one day I toss into the air and come dropped to the floor. Blood is pooling in my mouth. I try to rise but my legs are in no condition to stand. Maybe this is it. Maybe Vastator is going to finally put an end to me. I can't help but to welcome it. I'm disappointed. <coughs> I expect so much better out of myself. Did the... Best <coughs> I could. Fear not. I shall free you from your pain soon. If it is any consolation in these final moments, you were right. Right? Right about what? When you said you were the one I was angry with, you were right. But it's not anger, no. That's much, much deeper than just that. What I feel is hate. Pure, unadulterated hate. Hate for what I was, everything that you are now, looking at you... All I feel is disgust. Probably. Just my... I have to shave. (laughs) My great works have come to fruition. The pain is all gone. There is only peace. Goodbye, pale man. Vastor pulls me up from the floor and then plunges his sword deep into my gut. It's an odd sensation having a blade run through you. Then I feel something sliding down my coat sleeve, something sharp. It comes to rest in my hand. My knife that was forged from dragon venom. With the last ounce of my strength, I grip it tight in my hand. I summon every last bit of my own power, my gifts as the steward of autumn and I plunge the blade into Vastator's side. I'm amazed that it cut through his armor. Vastator is equally amazed. He looks down to see the green blade sticking out from him. 
the dragon venom begins to take effect. I can see it in his eyes. Astator begins to weaken. He stumbles back a few steps, letting go of the sword. Then he falls to his knees. What? What? What have you... What have you done to me? Dragon Venom. Our personal kryptonite. Whatever powers you had at your control are weakening. I didn't know if it was going to work on you. No. Oh, can't you fart it? God, end this way. It always ended this way, Vastator. It will always end this way. The moment Vastator let go of the sword, he also lost contact with the Reality Stone. But as the sword was currently deep in my own body, that power was now flowing into me. My injuries were healed. Torn flesh was knitting itself back together. My strength was growing. There was power. So much power. My thoughts started to run wild. I began to understand. Understand everything. Everything that ever was and everything that ever could be. My role in it all. I felt as if I had been blind my whole life and now was given sight. But all I saw was endless pain. Peace. There would never be a true peace. Not under God, Lucifer, or the great old ones. Only misery. Hate. Chaos. Pain would always rise, always win. Oh yes, there would be moments of tranquility, but too brief, far too brief. Only pain is eternal. Everything must end. Burn it all away. Yes, it all made sense now. The only way to stop the suffering. Everything had to end. No! 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 Remember. Remember who I am. Remember what has to be done. A window of opportunity is open now. A chance to set everything right. I have to act. I have to act now. Oh, but it would be so simple just to give in. I wouldn't even have to do anything. It, it's, it has already been done. There's nothing left. Give up my focus for just a moment. Let the stone burn me out and it would all be over. So easy. No. No, just focus. Must focus. This is the moment my life has been leading me to. Everything has been leading to this very moment. I reach up and grab the hilt of the sword and quickly pull it from my body. I hold it up. It's radiating with power. Thoughts run wild. Madness eating away at my sanity, my reasoning. I know what must be done. What destiny calls me to do. That's... That's mine! Give it back! Your role in this is finished. I envy you. It's behind you now. You're free. For me, though. This is only the start. <laughs> you were right. We have been used. All this time. But it's the cost we have to pay. The cost of redemption. Byron. 
don't do this. Let it end. The pain. The suffering. It could all end here. Byron. Byron is dead. He died the moment the sword stabbed into me. I know who I am now. The truth of myself. I'm not Byron, not Vastator, not any of the names I have coveted over the years. I am the Pale Man. And I bring life. Are you all right? It's... What... what happened? Last I remember was... Did I... Die? I... Yes. Yes, I think so. I think Vastator killed me, too. Is this the afterlife? Man, it is so bland. And teal... Look, over in the corner. I glanced over to where Bates had indicated. The pale man lay there in a heap, his black armor glistening in the afternoon sun. He was so still, at first I thought he was dead, but slowly he managed to drag himself to his feet, an elaborate hilt sticking out of his side. With a grunt and what seemed a considerable amount of effort, the pale man pulled the green blade from his body and dropped it to the floor. You could have at least removed that before you left. Don't move, Vastator, or we'll... You'll want, Bates. Throw your empty pistols at me. Glare intimidatingly, maybe. Please. It's been a rough day. I need a bath. This armor is so not me. Must have been on a Game of Thrones kick when I dressed this morning. Of course, I was completely insane as well, so who knows? I said don't move, Vastator! Give it a rest, Bates. And stop calling me Vastator. If you notice, the reality stone is gone. Everything that was Vastator went with it. What do you mean the stone's gone? Where'd it go? Where it always goes at this point. Back into the labyrinth with the great old ones. Trapped at the dawn of history with a younger version of myself. Stone now. I, I am a god now. The god! Do you hear me? I will not be kept here. I will be free. Your work shall suffer for this. Do you hear me, god? You will pay for this. <laughs> My headache's gone. I can think clearly again. Younger me must have cured our madness. Guess I'm not a nut job anymore. Well, no more than normal. I don't know about you two, but I could really go for some mead right about now. I'm sorry, I thought I heard Bates tell you not to move. Now, we may not have weapons, but you don't have powers, so I think we've got a leg up here. 
I think you have bigger things to worry about, Catherine. Like what? Like you're in love with Bates and don't know how to tell him. And you're pregnant with his child. In love? Pregnant? I was going to tell you, just didn't have the right moment, you know? End of the world going on and everything. Speaking of that, you'll find the world has been restored. In fact, everything has been restored. Everything? Even the watch? Yes. This is the true universe. The one Lucifer destroyed when he had the reality stone. The last thing I did before casting myself into the labyrinth was to bring everything back as it should be. But this isn't the one Kate and I are from, right? No, but you guys really helped me out and I felt I owed you one. Don't worry, I'm sure you'll blend in fine. The other version of you both died ages ago. If I remember, Catherine was a zombie or something. A zombie? Like, quick, it's gonna eat my brain so kill it with a headshot zombie? Yes, long story. Has to do with how I first met you. Anyway, I need to go. Oh no, you're not going anywhere, Byron. There's still a lot that needs an explanation. Oh, please stop with the melodrama, Catherine. I have questions of my own that need answering. So, cheery bye now. And he's gone. How typical. So, does this mean it's all over? I certainly hope so. I don't think I could deal with much more of that. It's been a hell of a year. So about this in love and pregnancy thing... I really have to talk about this. Uh, How about over dinner tonight? Someplace nice. I've always wanted to try out that screen door place. Love southern food. But first, we should really report in. Let the watch know what's happened. Will they even believe us? I mean, this isn't really our reality. We don't really belong here. It's all a little weird. Pates, we're agents of the Watch. Weird is what we do best. Come on. After you. Hey, I just noticed something. What happened to Rowan's body? enjoyed your realm. Something about autumn I've always found peaceful, restful. Yes, it can be relaxing. It has been a stressful few millennia. Interesting, isn't it? The last time you wore that armor... It was during the rebellion, when I attempted to kill you. Ah, so you figured out who I am. I've suspected for a while. You can stop the cat disguise. I guess it has served its purpose. Is this better? You look different from last time. I can look as anything I desire. For one who has saved the universe, you do not look happy, old friend. Why should I be happy? I was right. I mean, Vastator was right. You've been using me all these ages. Used you? No, my friend. Every decision you made was of your own free will. I may have guided you in the correct direction from time to time, but in the end... It was always you who made the final choice. Hobson's choice, you mean? Damned if I did, and damned if I didn't. You think I wanted to be in the labyrinth for all those eons? It had to be done. Many of my angels did not think you had it in you, 
be able to withstand the horrors. I always knew you did. You were the one to stand before the Pale Man. The one who'd run and save us all. So that vision, the one you planted in my head? The one of great chaos, the end of everything. It was all me, wasn't it? You were showing me what I would become in the future, someone who'd murder the whole universe. But the younger version of you recreated the universe then. The true universe. Not that alternate one you've been trapped in all these months. That should never have existed in the first place. But my younger self is trapped now. Trapped in the labyrinth with the great old ones. Along with the reality stone. In time, Byron's madness will grow. He'll become twisted, grow darker. Come to believe the only way to save reality is to destroy it. And after many ages, he will break free and unleash terror on creation. Only to encounter a younger version of himself who takes the stone and restores everything. Then casting himself into the labyrinth to begin the cycle all over again. Don't you see? It had to be this way. The only way to keep the reality stone trapped. Locking it into an endless loop of time. Exactly. Even though I had broken the reality stone into pieces and hidden them, I knew a time would come when someone would try to find those pieces, put it back together. The only true way to ensure creation's continued existence was to find a way to trap it forever. Keeping anyone from being able to use it against you, ensuring your reality exists for all time. That's one way of looking at it. What I don't understand is how the endless cycle got started in the first place. How I got the reality stone from Lucifer, or why I had no memories of encountering my past self. Well, I may have helped out a little. When Lucifer made his reality, I might have... Meddled a little bit? Just to get the ball rolling, you know. Think of it like the chicken and the egg. And my memories? Erase them. So you'd have no recollection. Giving your past self the edge he needed to defeat Vastator. How did Vastator escape the labyrinth? More of your meddling? Yes. I was the one who freed you. If you must know, I was the one who planted the idea that started all of this. The thought Lucifer had to free Leviathan. All to get the ball rolling. We've been little more than pieces on a chessboard to you. You have done well, my friend. You saved creation and restored everything as it should be. The universe owes you much. You do know what is happening to you, though. Mm. Yes. I can feel it. Your body has been affected by using the reality stone. Every cell saturated by its power. Even your soul. In other words, I've been poisoned by it. As long as you held on to the stone, you could use it. Keep its power from killing you. But now that it's gone, I'm dying. The stone was only meant for a being like myself. I'm sorry. If there was something I could do, I would. How long do I have? A few months. Perhaps a year. A year? After all these ages, I only have one year. So short a time. <sighs> I need to get busy. Things I need to do. Change of clothes for a start. I need to talk to Slate to... Yeah, what I'm going to do with all my... <sighs> Hail, man. Yes? What is it now? In many ways, this is your end, but also, it isn't. Meaning what? You will understand, in time. Goodbye, old friend. Always so cryptic, that guy. 
Right. I need a change of clothes first. Never liked this armor. in the realm of winter. Slate! Whatever reason you've brought me here for, you can forget it! I'll... You shall do nothing except what you are told. From this point forward, you shall refer to me only as uncle. Uh, yes. Yes, Lord Slate. I, I mean, uncle. May I ask, why am I here? Your father and I have discussed this very question at length. My father... My father tried to kill me. Vastator tried to kill you. Your father saved your life, as he did mine, as he did for all. But they are one and the same. It matters not. You are to be given a new task. One of great importance. What is this task? You... Are to become the new steward of autumn. Steward of autumn? Me? But I. But I don't know anything about that. That is why you are here. I shall teach you your new responsibilities. You will? Yes. It was your father's final request. I will see his request done. Now, come, child. You have much to learn in the days to come. Yes, Uncle. It took a while, but eventually the Watch welcomed both Bates and me back into the fold. Not that I blame them for their trepidation. After all, it must be weird trying to rekindle a rapport with someone when the last time you saw them, they were dead. I was kept in medical isolation for about two weeks, carefully observed by the Vatican doctors. Turns out in this timeline, I was infected with the Lazarus virus. A gift from Byron, ironically. And they wanted to make sure I didn't have any sudden cravings for human flesh. Bates's gauntlet was repeated tests on his loyalty. Turns out in this universe, he was a shock jock with a late-night talk radio show called The Paranormal and the Unexplained. They talk about all sorts of conspiracy theories, like how the Illuminati is entrenched in world government, how the moon landing was faked, and of course, how gluten intolerance is directly linked to alien abduction. It was pretty popular. That is until Bates suffered an unfortunate shaving accident, resulting in the loss of about two-thirds of his head. The leading theory is that he was killed by the men in black. And, of course, aliens. There's always aliens. The Watch's theory was that Bates was killed by Mr. Arcadia's initiative. They couldn't prove it, and more importantly, they didn't care enough to try. Bates was a liability his talk show revealing information the common public wasn't supposed to know. 
With him gone, that was just one loose end they didn't have to tie. Eventually, the watch gave both Bates and me the go-ahead to rejoin active duty. In the meantime, Bates and I found a quaint two-story in the middle of Portland, and we made it our home. A few months later, on March 4th at 3.17 in the morning, our little Julie entered the world. It became a life of picket fences and butterfly kisses. I don't think I've ever been so happy. And yet, I found my mind continually wandering back to Byron. Of our year of adventures, confrontations with Santa Claus and reptile demons, and, of course, our final confrontation with the Bastator. What spare time I had, I would spend in the Watch's deep archives, reading what little I could find on the Pale Man. I wanted to know more about Byron, the life he led. It was in those archives a year later that I'd encounter the Pale Man for the last time. No, for some reason she likes the milk cold. (laughs) I know, it's weird. Most babies like warm milk. Ours likes it nice and chilly. Oh, and I think I left her Cthulhu doll on the rocking chair in the living room. Make sure you get it before you put her to bed. She won't go to sleep without it. No, she hates the teddy bear. She'll only sleep if she has Cthulhu. What can I say? She's a watch agent in training. Right, I'll be home in an hour or so. Yes, I'm gonna check out more books about my boyfriend. (laughs) Shut up, Jacob. Okay, I love you too. Bye. I'd been in the archives dozens of times. I knew its layout by heart, but... When I went in that evening, I found it stuffed with stack upon stack of old leather-bound books. Hundreds of them. And sitting in a chair at the center was him. Pale man. Byron. (laughs) It's good to see you. Hello, Catherine. It's been a while. I would have come by sooner, but things kept popping up. Yes, I heard what happened at Christmas. Yes. Leave it to Nicholas to make the holidays... fearful. And now that we've gone through the prerequisite small talk, what's with all the books? These. These are my journals. The chronicles of my life, if you will. I've been keeping them for a few millennia, at least. The Byron Chronicles, huh? (laughs) Why bring them here? I won't have need of them much longer. Figured if anyone could make use of them, it would be you and the Watch. We may not have always seen eye to eye, and your people did torture me a good century, but at the end of the day, the Watch has always tried to do the right thing. When Father Malachi finds out about these... He'll no doubt be very excited. You might even get a promotion out of it. Could make sainthood. Eh, not really my cup of tea. I've always been content just being an agent. Iron, What's happening? You don't look very well. The cost of my using the reality stone. (laughs) Time is catching up with me. 
Everything has its time, Catherine. Mine is simply running out. You know, I don't really go by Byron these days. So, what do I call you? Vastator? Indeed not. Then what? The Pale Man will do. It's who I truly am, after all. So, how are things with you and Bates? Good. Very good. We're engaged to be married, if you can believe it. I never thought of myself as the relationship type. Bates is a good fellow. I'm glad the two of you are together. We ended up having a little girl. Julie. It means beautiful and vivacious. Julie. I always liked the name Julie. You know, it's funny. Speaking of names, that is. I never cared for the name Byron. I only picked it on the spur of a moment. Always planned to change it, but... Never really found the time. And then you got stuck with it. Yes. I guess it could have been worse. So, if you could do it all again, what name would you call yourself? I'd never want to do this all over. Still, I've always liked the name Bishop. Never really found time to use it, though. funny how life turns out, isn't it, Catherine? So very funny indeed. With those final words, Byron's eyes closed and his body slumped in his chair. Cautiously, I walked over to where he sat. Byron? I checked for a pulse, but it was more formality than anything. It was clear that Byron had passed on. As I held his limp hand, I couldn't help feeling how surreal it all was. Here was a man who had seen, had been a part of, the fall of the Roman Empire. Who had spent centuries upon centuries fighting monsters, demons, and all sorts of immeasurable evils, molding the history of the world as he did so. A man who was rumored to be almost as old as time itself had come to me and died. Byron was put to rest in a special tomb underneath Vatican City. With a ceremony that exuded all the grandeur and pomp and circumstance the Vatican could bestow. Once the watch's prisoner, Byron now laid alongside the greatest leaders and warriors the church had ever known. Names like Emperor Constantine, Joan of Arc and Sir Thomas More. It was the highest honor the watch could give him. The irony was not lost on me. It took me many years to read through all of Byron's chronicles, each page the retelling of a long-forgotten adventure, of world-saving victories and world-ending defeats. It spoke of the people he loved yet chose to keep at a distance, and it spoke of the people he feared yet chose to look straight in the eye. It spoke of friends made enemies and enemies made friends. It was a pleasant surprise to know I was put in the latter category. And as I turned page after page and placed each finished book on the floor beside me, I began to see a common thread that ran through each of his words, connecting them throughout the ages. Byron's never-ending quest for redemption 
Not just for the fall of Rome, but for everything since the dawn of time, everything that he had done that had ended up hurting another. He took that pain and placed it in his own heart so that everything he did, every adventure he went on, to him was an opportunity to atone for those sins. Every setback making him question whether that forgiveness was even possible. But Byron was willing to give up everything in the end. Everything he was, everything he could ever be. He took on a task that would lead to his own death. He sacrificed himself just so creation could go on. I can't help but feel that this was the path Byron took for redemption. What he did to earn the forgiveness he longed for. Perhaps in the end, this is what it meant to be the Pale Man. listening to the Byron Chronicles, Season 5, Episode 11, To Be the Pale Man, written by Eric Busby. Featured in the cast were David Alt as Byron, Mindy Rast Keenan as Agent Catherine, Peter Catt as Agent Bates, Mark Bruzy as Lord Slate, Carissa DeWitt as Rowan, Victor Aurelius as Barry the Cat, and Kareem C. Cronfill as God. Music by Kevin McLeod. Byron Theme by Kai Hartwig. Script edited by Rick Myers. This episode was produced and directed by Eric Busby. I'm Darren Marlar. You've been listening to an Eric Busby production. Chauncey Haworth. Mark Slade and Lothar Tuppen. The demented minds behind the Twisted Pulp Radio Hour bring you Twisted Pulp Magazine. A journey beyond surreality to worlds you never knew or hoped existed. Worlds of the supernatural. Worlds of dark satire. Worlds of nightmarish futures. Twisted Pulp Magazine. If you thought the 21st century was weird enough already, think again. Twisted Pulp Magazine. A step beyond your grandfather's pulp. Available at digitalvaudeville.com. That's D-I-G-I-T-A-L-V-A-U-D-E-V-I-L-L-E.com. Twisted Pulp Magazine.